0: Section thirty two of Essays Book One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sherry Gardner. Essays Book One by Michel de Montaigne. Translated by Charles Cotton. Chapter Thirty Two That We Are to Avoid Pleasures even at the expense of life. I had long ago observed most of the opinions of the ancients to concur in this, that it is high time to die when there is more ill than good in living, and that to preserve life to our own torment and inconvenience is contrary to the very rules of nature, as these old laws instruct us. Either tranquil life or happy death, It is well to die when life is wearisome. It is better to die than to live miserable. Stobaius, Sermons 20 But to push this contempt of death so far as to employ it to the removing our thoughts from the honors, riches, dignities, and other favors and goods, as we call them, of fortune, as if reason were not sufficient to persuade us to avoid them without adding this new injunction, I had never seen it either commanded or practised, till this passage of Seneca fell into my hands, who advising Lucilius, a man of great power and authority about the Emperor, to alter his voluptuous and magnificent way of living, and to retire himself from this worldly vanity and ambition to some solitary, quiet, and philosophical life, and the other alleging some difficulties i am of opinion says he either that thou leave that life of thine or life itself i would indeed advise thee to the gentle way and to untie rather than to break the knot thou hast indiscreetly knit provided that if it be not otherwise to be untied thou resolutely break it there is no man so great a coward that had not rather once fall than to be always falling. I should have found this counsel conformable enough to the stoical roughness, but it appears the more strange for being barred from Epicurus, who writes the same thing upon the like occasion to Idomeneus, and I think I have observed something like it but with Christian moderation amongst our own people. St. Hilary, Bishop of Poitiers, that famous enemy of the Arian heresy, being in syria had intelligence thither sent him that abra his only daughter whom he left at home under the eye and tuition of her mother was sought in marriage by the greatest nobleman of the country as being a virgin virtuously brought up fair rich and in the flower of her age whereupon he wrote to her as appears upon record that she should remove her affection from all the pleasures and advantages proposed to her for that he had in his travels found out a much greater and more worthy fortune for her, a husband of much greater power and magnificence, who would present her with robes and jewels of an estimable value, wherein his design was to dispossess her of the appetite and use of worldly delights, to join her wholly to God. But the nearest and most certain way to this being as he conceived the death of his daughter he never ceased by vows prayers and orisons to beg of the almighty that he would please to call her out of this world and to take her to himself as accordingly it came to pass for soon after his return she died at which he expressed a singular joy this seems to outdo the other forasmuch as as he applies himself to this means at the outset which they only take subsidiarily and besides it was towards his only daughter but i will not omit the latter end of this story though it be for my purpose st hilary's wife having understood from him how the death of their daughter was brought about by his desire and design and how much happier she was to be removed out of this world than to have stayed in it Conceived so vivid an apprehension of the eternal and heavenly beatitude that she begged of her husband, with the extremest importunity, to do as much for her, and God, at their joint request, shortly after, calling her to him. It was a death embraced with singular and mutual content. End of section thirty two. Recording by Sherry Gardner.